everyone. Welcome to So Good Sisterhood. I'm your host, Julie Mullins, and my husband Todd and I pastor Christ Fellowship Church together. The So Good Sisterhood is a podcast that is all about investing in every girl from every generation. It's this opportunity to have relevant conversations every single month about living intentionally, leading confidently, and loving generously. And hopefully it will leave you saying, that was so good. Well, welcome to the So Good Sisterhood podcast. I am so excited today because, as I always say, I love introducing my favorite people to my favorite people. And today, I have my most favorite person on the planet with me. He's the most incredible leader that I know. And I'm here with my husband, my pookie. Hey, Seventh grade. What? What are you doing? What are we doing? Uh, That's another story for another time. He is my husband of thirty-four years. He's the pastor of Christ Fellowship Church. Todd Mullins is with us today. It's good to be with everyone, and especially with my favorite person. So I'm glad to be with you today, babe. I'm so glad you're coming in on your day off. So I really appreciate that. Anything for you, absolutely. (laughs) You know, as we're kicking off season one of this podcast, I just I really wanted for people to get to know you a little bit because you have done. so much to champion the leadership potential in so many girls in our house and and even in churches all over the country. So I wanted you to be here today, but I thought it might be fun as we kick off this time together to just take a little trip down memory lane because a lot of people know our story, but but a lot of people don't know our story. We got to go all the way back to seventh grade. Yeah, seventh Seventh grade grade in church. I tell you what, puppy love is real to a puppy. That's what we always say. We met in seventh grade in church in youth group, which I also say it's always good to meet your spouse in the house, yeah, house of God. Yeah. And so uh, we dated on and off all through yeah. middle school, high school. I know. You usually say that it was more on it was. than off, but it yeah. was not. It, it was definitely more off than hey, on, right? it all worked out. It all worked out. Yeah. <laughs> when we went off to college, you went right? off first. And... I went off to college first in my very first freshman year. I stayed faithful to you. Yes, we stayed you committed, yes, right? Yes, we were. We, this was back before cell phones and texting and Instagram. And like literally we wrote beautiful love letters to each oh, other. Still yeah. yeah. And I mean, it, it just meant so much. And I remember saving my quarters to be able to talk to you on the phone in the dorm hallway, yeah. right? I had to reserve a time. And so I was, I was totally committed. But then it was time for you to go off to college for your freshman year. And we had a a sit down conversation. And and that's when you told me that you felt like it was time to release each other. To see God's will, just to find out God's will. Just to release each other. For a season. And I wasn't going to be, you know, (laughs) that like unspiritual one that's like not going to release someone to go find God's will. So we released each other, yeah, right? Yeah, but it, it all worked out, right? right? Well, then you came home right. on a Christmas break. We had released each other for 18 months. 18 months. 18 months. We, like I said, you know, we were writing letters, but during this time, there were just a few letters. Mm-hmm. 18 months. A few phone of calls. A couple phone calls and like no dating. You come home on college breaks. We might hang out as friends. But after 18 months, mm-hmm. you came home on this particular Christmas break. And we hung out And we were hung out every day, yeah, it right? Yeah, great. And then one day you said, hey, can I take you out to dinner? And I'm like, yeah, that's great. But I was working late that night and I thought, well, maybe I should play a little hard to get, but I kind of do want to see my friend, you know, one more time before it goes off to college. And so you showed up. Yeah, picked you up from work and we went out to dinner, but it wasn't 
pizza. You thought we were going out for pizza. I thought pizza. we were going out to pizza, but no, you took me to. I made a reservation over a, on Palm it Beach. It was a real reservation yes. over on Palm Beach, yes. Nice dinner. And during yeah. the dinner, we talked about our relationship and our mm-hmm. friendship through the years. And then we took a walk and I grabbed you by the hand and I could tell you were freaking out a little I bit. Know, I'm like, what? Friends are friends forever. And then, the Lord's the Lord of them, <laughs> then right? I got down on one knee, pulled a ring out of my pocket and asked you to marry me. And that's, I was like, what? No yeah, way. Now, that now, was my first. Let me just give me the first word of advice to the ladies. Yeah. Listen, when a guy builds up enough nerve to go buy a ring and take you out to a really nice dinner and get down on one knee, the first words that come out of your mouth are really, really important words, right? right? So don't start with the word no. No way. Don't start with the word of, oh my gosh, I don't. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Yeah, Yeah. those words, I was confused. I'm like, is this no, no way? Or yeah, maybe no way. I'm not sure where Mm -hmm. we're going. But But after the initial shock wore off and I broke up with the other guy that I was in the (laughs) on again, off again relationship with, uh, that's another story for another time. Um, But I said, Yes. And I had no idea that that yes would change everything. I mean, every chapter of my story from that day forward was written with your name in it. And I should have known that I was signing up for a wild ride, lots of twists and turns. And, Come on. But 34 years later, we're loving it. And, you know, it just, it takes a lot to, to go the distance in, in marriage. And then you put on top of it marriage and ministry. Yeah. And we have had an adventure. But, you know, I, now, you know, coming up to the present, we have been pastoring here, the lead pastors here at Christ Fellowship for the last 10, 11, 11 years. years. Yeah. yeah. We work together every day. Our offices are side by side. Our offices are side by side, even though there are many days we do not see each other. That's right. But there are definitely some challenges that come with that. So I, I, I'd love to hear from your perspective <laughs> what some of those challenges are. Well, I guess I can't one, wait of, for one of the main challenges would be that you just, uh, like when I wake up, and you always get up earlier than me. And so there's times when I'll wake up and you're standing over the bed with a cup of coffee in hand, ready to talk to me about all the problems that we've got to solve and fix before I'm even out of bed. I'm like, babe, just give me a I'm minute, just, right? I'm, I or, think I'm intentional. I think I'm being intentional. <laughs> driven, um, making the most of every moment. Or the fact that I guess we, we do have a tendency to just carry, uh, we, we love church, we love people, we love what we get to do together. And so with that comes the tendency to want to you know carry that into every other part of our life. And so we've had to make some... Uh, signals to each other to go, hey, mm-hmm. now's not a good time, or I need a moment. Or and we actually inst- instituted a, a meeting, like in the office meeting yeah. every week, mm-hmm. just the two of us, where we have an agenda that we work through some things so that we're not always talking about church. And a lot of times when something comes up, as it does, we'll say, hey, can that wait for the meeting or yeah. do we need to deal with it right now? Yeah. You know, I think that's that's actually great advice for any husbands and wives yeah. that are working together <laughs> to be able to set those boundaries in place. And I think too, that we've also had to be intentional in different seasons because we have walked through lots of different seasons. Early on in ministry, I was staying at home, early on, way early on, mm-hmm. I was teaching school right. before we had Jefferson. And so, you know, that, that required intentionality for that season. Right. And then there was intentionality for for the next season. And I think sometimes, you know, as we're, we've been navigating this journey, really understanding what season you're in and being intentional. And, and again, intentional right now means for us to have a business meeting, but being intentional to be able to be on the same page right. and communicate what the needs are for that season, you know, to be able to have that business meeting or that, that time, that date night yeah. where you're actually really mapping out family business. Yeah. And we did that early on too. Right. We would have, we would have time together. We would just map out what does this next season look like? Because we want to make sure we're on the same page. And just to speak to that for a minute, it's so important for any couple to make sure they're spending that time mm-hmm. dedicated to, to really work through some 
issues and staying on the same page with decisions, decisions with the kids, decisions for their finances, decisions for life. Otherwise, uh, you just kind of get thinking, like, I just assume that you're on the same page with me and I'll go off and do something. And you're like, hey, we didn't really talk about that. And I'm like, well, I thought I mentioned it to you one time, you know, but, but really taking the time to process that out. And I learned the hard way that I need to slow down. <laughs> Some of us, you know, need to slow down. Others of us need to speed up a little bit to yep. make sure we're meeting where we need to. Yeah. And I need to let you breathe before, while you're brushing your teeth. <laughs> <laughs> before I start bombarding you with all the that would be nice. with all the questions. But you know, I want to turn the corner a little bit because you have been such a champion and an encourager to really everyone, all the leaders on our team, our staff, our church family. But specifically, I want to talk about the way that you have championed the girls and the women of our church that are are leading in ministry and also in the workplace. Because in ministry especially, this the, the role of women in the church and leading in the church can be a bit controversial. Yeah. And it could have been a lot easier not to touch this topic, right? And to kind of keep things going as a status quo, traditional, like tr- many traditional churches have. And, and so why is this important to you? Well, a couple of things. First, I would say uh, on, the, on the topic of leadership, I believe that great leaders leave room for other leaders to lead. Let me say that again. Great leaders are going to leave yeah, room for so other good. leaders to lead. So no matter whether that's male or female, whatever, you're, you're making room for other people to step up and lead and own parts of, and I would say that also uh, good, great leaders are going to uh, not try to hold on to all the power and the decision-making, but they're going to work to give it away. They're going to work to raise up leaders and help others in their team or organization or the business you might work in to actually be able to thrive. So that applies to everyone, male or female. So when it came to this issue of women uh, in leadership, I think, you know, we have to look to the word of God to be our guide in everything. And so just, you know, I know that great churches, great followers of Jesus fall on both sides of this conversation. Mm-hmm. So it's not, it's not a matter of biblical authority. People that would agree with women in leadership in church and those that would say they disagree with giving leadership to women in church, both of those camps mm-hmm. <laughs> believe in the authority of the word of God and believe in that it is to guide our lives. So it's not an issue of biblical authority, but it is an issue of biblical interpretation. Right. How do we interpret what the scriptures say on this topic? At any time that you go to build a theology, on an issue, it's crucial to study the full instruction, the full perspective of what the scripture says on a topic. You can't just look at at one or two verses and build a theology off one or two verses. We have to really begin to understand what what all of it says in the word of God so that we can, can make that. And so we went on a journey of really studying the word of God and understanding what that looked like. And we'd always had women in leadership. We'd always had women serving, but not maybe in the senior roles of leadership. And so it was just making a, making, spending some time working around that. And so when we, when when we look at that, we look at what the Bible says from the old Testament to the new, what is God, how does God view women? What is their role? What is their function? How does the Holy Spirit give gifts and pour out those gifts uh, onto all flesh, you know, the, the scripture in Joel, my sons and my daughters will prophesy. And the word prophesy just means to boldly declare the word of the Lord. And so it's in the context of what the whole of scripture says that we begin to look at the verses in Corinthians and Timothy that have been so controversial in the uh, body of Christ. And even looking at the original language and the Greek context 
of the words that Paul wrote and what it means and what it, so several words in the English. I know I'm getting heavy. I'm like mm-hmm. nerdy theology here. Yeah, you know, good. I love this it. phrase yeah. can say, I no longer allow, or I'm not currently allowing right. and all this, but we just took time to really parcel that apart yeah. so that we could have a solid biblical foundation for the decision to release women to lead in the church. And I will say this, the more I studied this and the Mm -hmm. more I dug into the scriptures, the more I was convinced and compelled that we had to uh, release women to their rightful place of leadership within the body of Christ. Mm-hmm. That's so good. I, Of course, I love that because you have just been such a champion of my leadership. And then so many girls coming behind. I, I think about the fact that um, that Jesus is the hope for the world. Yep. And when he left, he left that that charge to us that, that we, we, the church, are now carrying the hope right. to the world. And when I think about that verse you just said in Acts chapter 2, that, that in these days that his sons and his daughters will prophesy, our vision was really to be able to release 100% right. of the kingdom potential that is within the church yeah. so that so that all people would come to know. So why would we, if if Jesus is the hope of the world and the church carries the hope, why would we only release 50% dose of hope to the world? I mean, the world needs 100% of the kingdom potential and creating a place for guys and girls to be able to flourish in their calling. I I love it. I just want to say this too, Julie. It's never been about you. When we were in this process, you were like... I, I'll do whatever I need to do. I'll fit wherever I need to fit. I'll serve wherever I need to serve. In fact, I would I would want everybody to know you're a reluctant leader in the sense that you're not trying to grab a title or position or leadership or influence or get on the pulpit. That's, if anything, I've had to kind of encourage you in that and say, come on, babe, you've got this. Come on, you are good at this. You need to take the lead because there's so many other uh ladies and girls in our house that you are you are opening the door for them. So like I might have unlocked the door, but you're the one that's actually mm-hmm. having to open it, step through it and make a way. And there's so many uh, thousands of girls in our house now that have a vision of what they could do to serve it within the body of Christ that I think is just awesome, as well as outside to other churches. Yeah, I love it. I love it when I see the girls of the house stepping up. And, you know, I think back about the journey because there was some awkward times along the way. And one of the things was I was very reluctant to take the title of a pastor. Right. And I part of it, I think, is because in our culture as a church, we've always said, you know, we don't need a title to lead. And there was just this this part of it was like, I can lead without a title because leadership is influence right. and I don't need that title. Another part of it was when I saw, you know, maybe when I was growing up, pastors maybe on TV, I saw things like that didn't really look like me. Right. And so, you know, some of my models, some of the models that I had, I didn't have many. And so I, I was reluctant to take that title. But one of the things I realized is that if I didn't take that title, then, then there might be some girls behind us. As I saw student pastors that were guys and girls that were doing the exact same job that they were doing, Mm -hmm. but didn't carry the title. They also didn't carry some of the leadership authority, the weight that came with it. And so I will be awkward for right now, you know, so that the generation coming behind us can be amazing. And so that I I say, I think that's the journey of any leader that whenever you're leading the way, you're always going to step into some really awkward situations, awkward conversations so that those behind you, you can pave the way for those behind you. And, And that's what I pray. That's what my prayer 
that um, that I'll be able to I do. I think you're doing a fantastic Aww. job. I think you're setting an amazing picture for not just the girls in our house, but ladies I know that you're mentoring around the country mm-hmm. that are growing in their leadership and understanding mm-hmm. who they're called to be mm-hmm. and not shrinking back from that, but really stepping into it and say, God has put something on the inside of me. Mm-hmm. He's given me a vision. He's given me a dream. He's put a calling on my life and I'm not going to let what somebody else might think or say hold me back from that. I'm going to mm-hmm. walk in the full calling and the full blessing of, of God on my life. And so I'm proud of you for taking Aww. that step. Well, you know, thank you for that, babe. I appreciate that. And I, I, I love, you know, being able to do this. I, I take that, that role of pastor so the responsibility seriously, but I also know that I don't have to carry that title everywhere I go. You right. know, that's, that's not who I am. That's the assignment that I have, but the calling that I have in my life is the calling to be a fully devoted follower of Absolutely. Jesus. So when, when I go into different environments or at different churches that may not have the same theological, you know, background, foundation, foundation this, right? that we have, I don't have to be Pastor Julie. No. And, you know, because when I, when I go into those environments, I walk in the authority of just being a, a, a fully devoted follower of Jesus Christ. Right. And so that's this is just one of those things where it's like I don't have to push that title yeah. or be anything that you know that that I'm not called to be. But in those situations that I can just love Jesus and serve people yeah. and yeah, I, I often love it. say you have nothing to prove, but right. you have lots to share. Mm-hmm. And I think if people can get that in their heart, there's nothing to prove. But you have a lot to share. And those of you listening today, you have a lot to share. You've got a lot that God has given you. And you don't have to prove anything. You just need to walk in the grace and the authority and the goodness of God. And as you do that, he'll open the doors and get you where you need to be. Yeah, you know, I love that because I think it actually speaks to the fact that um, that in this in this journey of making a way for young women to step into leadership and even the next generation to step into leadership, that it's really about being committed to the calling of others. Mm. And in our marriage, you have been committed to my calling. Yes. And commit and I'm committed to your calling. Yes, and you so are. and but then as we that kind of goes out from here to I want to be committed to the calling on everyone's life. All the all the girls that are coming yeah. up in the house the next generation. I want to be committed to the calling of maybe the 55-year-old woman yeah. or 60-year-old woman who actually pastored yeah. for 30 years yeah. in the church, but maybe never carried that title right. and honor that yes. and, and champion that, champion the call, call out the, the, the calling within them so that they can walk in confidence and full authority. And it does, has nothing to do with the title, right. but it has all to do with being committed and championing the kingdom potential and the kingdom calling of others. We say all the time that the church is this beautiful, multi-generational family and every generation is so important every person is so important and without uh, a you know when you think of a healthy family you've got grandparents and aunts and uncles and cousins and baby sisters and all that all of that around the table and all of that is valued each one is so valued and we do for the church to be who we're called to be we need each person uh, regardless of their age, background, demographic, wherever they're coming from, man, living in the mm-hmm. authority of who God has called them to be, living in their calling, living yeah. that out with purpose. And yeah. we want to champion that yeah, I in love every that. person in our church and even outside of church. Yeah, I love that. And I love that you unpacked that a little bit earlier theologically, because I think it's really important that we wrestle theology Absolutely. to the ground, but we never use our theology as a weapon, right? right. As an argument. Right. It's really there for the understanding. Again, how do we champion and how do we stay committed to the calling of others? And so I love that. Okay. So one question I get a lot when I'm talking to young leaders is, as we've been leading together, 
is what has been the most challenging season that you and I have led through together? Ah, we've had lots of challenges yes. through the years. and uh, But really, when, when that question is asked of me right now, I'm like, what we're coming out of right now has been the most challenging by far. 2020 and 2021, with everything that happened in the world, the, the shutting down, the opening up, the racial tensions in our country and around the world, the political climate, man, it was just a mess. There was, I think what shocked us was that how the division in the world found its way into the church. Mm-hmm. We were, we, we thought so, yeah. we were so confident that what was happening out there wasn't going to get into the church, but man, we, we were, we were realizing there was a lot of tension, a lot of opinions, a lot of controversy. And we were leading at a time where we, it felt like we were constantly disappointing someone every day, like whatever we said mm-hmm. or decision we made, some, either we weren't talking enough about one issue or we talked too much about another issue and made this person mad or that person mad. And we had to, we had to really wrestle, go back and go, man, we're, we only have to please God. Like we can't worry about pleasing man. We right. have to please God. Mm-hmm. We have to be able to lay our head on the pillow at night and go, we did the best we could to honor right. God, love people where all they're at, different opinions, different perspectives, but we have to love God. And so for us, it was really just in this season constantly pointing people to Jesus. And I believe that is the purest function and role of the church. It's not social justice as important as those things are and we get involved in it. It's not the political landscape. It is pointing people to Jesus. And so we have to lift Jesus up. And so through that time when it got a little bit crazy, we had to keep making sure let's just, we had to keep looking at Jesus and we got to keep pointing everybody around us to Jesus. Yeah. I think a lot of times during that season, we were constantly going back to scripture and saying, what does it mean to live as a citizen of the kingdom of heaven here on earth? Right. I mean, how our, our main responsibility is to bring God's kingdom to earth, love, joy, peace, peace patience, patience, kindness, kindness yeah, gentleness, self-control, bringing all of that and walking that out in reality. I mean, those all those scriptures that, um, that had become kind of cliche, the best is yet to come, you know, the, and phrases that yes. we would say in the Christian world, all of a sudden, they they actually took on a whole new meeting and mm. and little trite answers weren't enough. And so to really dig into scripture to know what that was. I also think too, leading in that season that we had to learn to lead, not just with our opinions, but with the convictions that preceded this season and are going to carry us through this season. It's so good. Can I just build off that for a minute? Because uh, we all have opinions. Everybody's got, got, you know, all God's children got opinions. Mm -hmm. My opinions have opinions, but in this season, I didn't need my opinions and the church didn't need my opinions and the world doesn't need my opinions. But we did have to go back to what our convictions right. rooted in the word of God and the scriptures that have, we have built our life upon, like you said, before any of this mess started. And that's what we went back to. Yeah. And that's what we continued mm-hmm. to build off of. Yeah. We were championing unity and and unity within diversity long before 2020. Yeah. Yeah. And so how that outplayed in that season, you know, there were some challenges that came that way, but we we continued to champion that. There were so many things that happened that I believe that really, we learned so many lessons along the way. So one of the things at the end of every single podcast, I'm going to be asking everyone the same question. And this this is really just around the thought that we serve a God that is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is the ancient of days, but as it says in the book of Isaiah, he's always doing a new thing. Mm-hmm. And so I would love to hear what God is speaking to you now, maybe today, yeah. this week, yeah. or in this season. 
Absolutely. This week, it's been all about the Holy Spirit. In fact, I mm-hmm. pr- probably every week needs to be all about the Holy <laughs> Spirit for all of us, because without the Holy Spirit, we are missing out on the fullness of life that He wants to, to give. But this week in my time of prayer and studying of the Word, I was just reminded that we have a responsibility to care for the presence of the Holy mm-hmm. Spirit on the inside of us. We have the responsibility to, you could put it this way, we have to host the Holy Ghost. Ooh, you that's gotta, good. You got to host there you go. the Holy Ghost. Now mm-hmm. think about when you're hosting someone, yeah. you're caring for somebody, you're looking after their needs, you have them in your home and you're going to make sure that the, the bathroom's cleaned up and the mm-hmm. kitchen sink is all cleaned out. And, and when they show up, you're going to give them your attention and you're going to focus on them. You're not just going to go about your life and fold laundry and yell at the kids. You're going to be like focused on those people that you're hosting in your home. And when their water runs low, you're going to go get them another glass of water, a bottle of water. You're going to be focused on them. They are going to have your attention. And so I was just thinking that in the same way, we need to steward and care for, host the Holy Ghost, recognizing his presence in our life is a beautiful thing. It's something that we have to care for and steward and be sensitive to and listen to his voice and give him our attention throughout the day. And so for me, that's just playing out by I'm, I'm putting some reminders and triggers on my phone or on my calendar or in my notebook to remember to keep uh, caring for, stewarding Mm -hmm. the presence of the Holy Spirit in my life and slowing down to listen to Him throughout the day. So that's that's what I'm learning right now. Mm -hmm. And I think uh, those of us in Christ, in the Holy Spirit, we will constantly be learning and growing how to care for the Holy Spirit because every day... He has more to reveal to us, more to show us, Beautiful. better places to lead us. Yeah, that, that is so good. I, I remember you challenged us as a church family to just start every day with our hands open mm-hmm. and just say, come, come Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. And then not to just pray at one time, but all throughout the day. And so you're teaching us all how to do this. And so thank you so much for leading all of our church family so with such strength, with such integrity. And I just want to just honor you today. I love Thanks, you, babe. babe. I love you too. Thanks for having me. We're so glad you joined us today for the So Good Sisterhood podcast. For additional resources and show notes from today's episode, check out our website, SoGoodSisterhood.com. Remember, God is the same yesterday, today, and forever, but He's always doing a new thing. What step are you going to take today so you don't miss out on it? If you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to subscribe and share this podcast with a friend or just leave us a comment. We hope today's episode leaves you feeling so good.